You're listening to the AFL Unlimited podcast, where we tackle all the hot topics in the AFL and bring you up to speed with everything you need to know in the football landscape. We'll take a look at this weekend's games and have some mixed discussion about what to expect. Let's head up to the box for the opening bounce. Good everyone, welcome to the grand final review episode of AFL Unlimited. It was the Richmond Tigers who reigned supreme in 2020, beating the Cats, unfortunately for us, 81, I believe, to 50. Um, it would be very hypocritical of us to pump up the game as one of the greatest grand finals ever to win if the Cats won and not do it when Richmond won. But full credit, uh, genuinely, to Richmond. They they were clearly the better team on the day and have probably been the best team all year. And they got the, the job done. Shorty, welcome. Hi, Jack. How are you? Uh, sorry, I can just see you tensing. Aside from the gun, you're about my to head, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're here as well. How are you going? Yeah, and it, it was one of the best grand finals I've ever seen, and the Melbourne Storm were absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very good, Chookson. Tiz, you're here also. How are you? I, I'm good, mate. I really enjoy watching the uh, 29 prelim final back, so. Uh, <laughs> yeah, good game. I yeah. said to Dad at halftime, you sure we haven't got the uh, the wrong game on? <laughs> um, but no. Deja vu, mate. What, what happened did happen, Tiz, and like you mentioned, it was pretty much a carbon copy of the uh, the 2019 prelim, which we were also at, um, which was great. So we're going to get stuck straight into the review here, so we hopefully never have to talk about it again. <laughs> but um, no, in all seriousness, we'll get we'll get stuck into this review and do some uh, some news and some trade stuff because you know one door closes short and another door opens with the trade stuff. I hope so. Yeah, well, it's open, mate. So um, tears, take it away. We've got a few notes here, and then we'll just do a bit of a general chat about the game. Well, as you mentioned, obviously Richmond uh, going very well, and we're the best side this year. They've been the best side for the last four years, and they won three flags in the last four years, back-to-back premiers. Um, they've confirmed their dynasty, has to be said. The power of none prevails again. Nick Rewalt uh, chimed sort of this um, saying, I suppose. You can probably, yeah, put Dusty aside to that, but, but that just shows how even they are. They don't need one player playing absolutely outstanding and it's it was a team effort that got the job done. Geelong challenged obviously for the first half but uh, they failed the biggest test unfortunately and as we said guys you know very reminiscent of the 2019 prelim in the manner in which it panned out. Uh, Geelong only got uh, two goals after half time in uh, 2020 granny and the prelim so very similar indeed. Richmond dominated the ground ball and inside the contest in the second half, which was a huge factor in the result. And obviously, we know their pressures are elite, and that obviously yeah, helped them out big time. And we just couldn't um, couldn't weather the storm, boys, which is a bit sad since there was a storm earlier in that day. Um, Thirty mils of rain, so <laughs> it was all happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah helped them win. Um, everything goes their way, but <laughs> center, center clearances were thirteen to seven. Uh, Richmond's way, obviously. Uh, they're critical in finals and um, getting field position and territories massive in a final. And they were able to do that. Richmond wanted it more and were tough enough for long enough. And they're just so desperate. They they find a gear no matter what. The Cats made a number of costly turnovers uh, throughout the night and didn't make the most of their chances. I believe most of Richmond's uh, scores were a result of Geelong turnovers. And that means that Richmond's pressure is really good because uh, Geelong's skills are normally good. But um, Richmond stifled that. They do that to a lot of teams. Dusty takes home his third Norm Smith, confirmed probably the, the best finals player ever, arguably. Um, I think he's in pretty rare air. No one's won more than two, except for Dusty now. So, yeah, he's just unbelievable. Four goals, has to be said. And he obviously kicked one to stem the flow and give them a, a bit of a breather. And um, 
Yeah, he just bounced through some amazing goals and then mm. kicked that really good one at the end. Um, yeah, I, interestingly enough, on Paddy Dangerfield, so Paddy won't like uh, seeing that ever again. Mm. For the Cats, though, Stewart and Duncan were good, um, but didn't have enough contributors on the night. There just wasn't enough, um, not enough soldiers going along for the ride. Um, this is really painful listening, Shorty. Yeah, I'm loving it this so is, far. Uh, yeah. I, I know this is really hard to hear. Um, but take us through your thoughts, because last Yikes. week I referred to you as the fan of this podcast. Yeah, right. We collectively, as a group, we we ride our emotions with the football with you. I was pretty much. You're the yeah. leader of the emotions, yeah. so yeah, let us know your thoughts, my friend. Look, it was painful, Jake. It was painful. Uh, we all know what happened in the first half. I think that was pretty much to script. Okay, five minutes leading in half time. Yeah, bit of brilliance from Dusty. Could have been two. Would have been disastrous. Would have been within ten points. But at half time. I thought, not too bad. I actually went for a drive at halftime. I was too nervous. I, was, well, I think it's a 27-minute halftime. Yeah, it was, it was can't long. believe it, mate. You so. missed Hey Geronimo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I just, I just couldn't long. sit around. and yeah. yeah. So I went for a drive, and I was driving around, and I was like, one good half of footy away here. But I just I felt one hand on the cup. It was the first time I really sort of thought, this is a chance that we could actually be premiers here. And then it all changed pretty quickly. But, yep. um, yeah. It's hard to argue with Richmond and pains me to say it, that they get it done when it matters. Mm. And uh, not, not many thoughts after that stage from there. I don't remember much yeah. else, no. I, no. I remember a couple of Jim Beams and then uh, <laughs> I woke up next to Chook. So yeah. was, uh, what? <laughs> uh, that wasn't you? <laughs> That's a great um, little segue there. Chooky D, what were your thoughts of the, the game? Yeah, Similar thoughts in the first half. I was really getting around the the cats there. I thought, you know, and it was. I think the cats were playing really smart sort of footy with, when it came to the, that forward line where Hawkins was was still covered as he usually gets mm. against Richmond, and and Rowan was providing nothing, and a lot of the forwards weren't doing a lot. So the midfielders, that's the way they got away from 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 that defensive structure that's always knows how to stop the forwards. Is the midfielders mm. moved forward. And took the marks and kicked the goals. So Guffrey kicked a goal, Menegola got the goal, Duncan kicked goals. Well, Danger was a forward, he mm-hmm. kicked a goal. But, From a free kick. but still, that's how it looked like. It looked like they were playing a way to beat the Tigers by, you know, playing with the midfielders. But then the Tigers just did their normal thing. They switched on mm-hmm. with real fast-paced goals you just can't get around. Um Dusty took complete control and well-deserved the Norm Smith. I don't think anyone had any doubts about him getting the win Mm. there. Um, And it wasn't something like people go in the coach's box, oh, how come couldn't stop Dusty? I don't think anyone would have stopped Dusty. I think Colo Colo did the very best he could. He came up onto him like almost at every chance he got, but Dusty's just too strong and powerful. I have to rebuke that a little bit. I think Dusty still had way too much space, but I have to also agree that it's pretty much unstoppable. To be honest, yeah. there's not much else you can do to to stop the power of that man. Well, the goals he seemed to kick were near on unstoppable. Yeah. I'd have to, which I certainly won't, but I'd have to look at it again to see exactly <laughs> exactly how much space he got. Yeah. But, yeah, I felt at times that Colo did as good a job that he, he yeah. could, but there, was, he there certainly were won a couple where, of... Of course, there yeah. were times where you could be better. But... Dusty's first kick where he's just alone on the wing by himself and he hit mm. that kick inboard, which set up their second goal, I believe. The worst thing just... Colo did for the night was turn it over at half-back. Yeah, like, kick it inboard. Like, yeah. That was, was a, a huge yeah, was momentum a swinger yeah. and, and just fueled the nerves. Um, Deflating. Mm. I've 
I took notes you, during the game. You've got a notebook, mate. And I've brought my little book. I'm not preaching. I took notes too, but I burnt them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm just going to read out yeah. some of the the um, most important notes, and it's quarter by quarter as well. So I just wanted to write... To, I'm sorry. Sorry. So I don't want to bore you, but I've, this is just important for the analysis of the game. So I wrote down the score at uh, all the quarter breaks, and at halftime I wrote down the tackles and the inside 50s. But um, So first quarter I, I wrote down the first goal who kicked that and how it came about mm-hmm. Prestia and then I've written Menegola and O'Connor didn't go the ball yeah and Jack Graham yeah. just waltzed straight in picked it up and Prestia was just alone by himself like he was last week I think I spoke to you guys about someone manning oh. up Prestia on the stoppages and mm. no one did so I actually had Prestia in the sweep though so oh. <laughs> got, got the cash like, yes! happy days um, but sad days at the same time. <laughs> um Goal, Mitch Duncan and Guthrie. That was two massive ticks. Shorty, you've been a big fan of their work. And Menegola, obviously, during the year, have been our key three cogs pretty much in the midfield all year. So, fantastic. Second quarter, uh, tackles were 39 to 26 in favour of Richmond. So, they clearly were chasing the ball a lot. Um, Grian kicks. And underneath, I've got that bad. Cats rushing. Mm. Oh, yes. And then, I, I think at this point, I coined the phrase tiger's web (laughs) so not a spider's web a tiger's web and the tiger's web is when they get you in that that pressure and you just rattled and daniel just don't know if you remember perceived pressure one might say yeah but then it turns into actual pressure when grindmeyer's marks 20 meters out in front of goal plays on immediately and misses (laughs) and tigers are just like thanks we'll just take the ball back immediately (laughs) and just go down the other end and kick a goal so remember my reaction to that tie so yeah uh, we all knew how <laughs> how bad that was. We all knew because that's what we were doing against Port Adelaide when Hawkins was playing out. on. <laughs> yeah, so that that was a big one, and that's probably the biggest one. And that, in hindsight, that from from that point onwards, we we kicked two goals straight after that, which is ironic. But Richmond's pressure absolutely went through the roof after that, and there were signs even then that we weren't going well. So. I won't keep looking at you as I as I talk to you, but no, um, I, I always love I when you look me in the eye. Feel the pain <laughs> coursing through your body, and then the first note I had for the quarter three was PTSD twenty nineteen prelim. So we all knew it. We're all messaging each other saying this is what's going to happen, and then I've got grind Myers again, cross cross, um, and that pretty much the notes dry up from there as Richmond <laughs> took the game away. They so, dried up as you you, yeah. and then I've you got stopped be- best on dusty worst nightmare. So um they were my notes i can fill you in on them later on but you know as a cats fan um we knew exactly what was going to happen and tiz already mentioned it but um yeah it was pretty much a carbon copy of the the game last year and that's probably the most disappointing thing for me is that you know shorty you said last week if dusty comes out and wins the norm i think you actually said if dusty Mm. comes out and kicks four um (laughs) you know that's just crazy because we knew that was going to happen and why didn't we do anything to stop it um, and that's probably the most disappointing thing is that exactly what we thought was going to happen or what the n- worst nightmare thing would be happened. And I think sometimes you can only control what you can. I mm-hmm. mean, Dusty, yeah, was the difference, but I couldn't I couldn't fault us for not trying to yeah. stop the bloke. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. know Roger Federer is going to come out and dominate the forehand and work to the net, but it doesn't mean I can stop him. Like, yeah. He was just too good at times. It was yeah. probably just... We can talk numbers, we can talk analytics, we'll see Notes. video footage all week if we choose to watch the shows. But uh, <laughs> the, when it comes down to it, I felt, I said, uh, 
after the game to Tice that finals are more or less about moments and uh, particularly in a close one like that, grasping the moments and and Richmond just took a hold of more and stood up in more Seemed of those to be big more moments. Their moments, wasn't um, it? Yeah. You know, and all our moments were bad. Yeah, you know, just just they're just little things. Mm. Rushing, drop chest marks, fumbles, kicking inside the just, corridor, and Good just boy. yeah, t- taking the moment is pretty much what it's about. Yeah. There was a big uh, yes potential non-decision. Uh, Shorty. Your your boy Patrick Dangerfield. Um, so Chris, Chris Chris Scott has had some yeah. critics on this, and um, I'm not I'm not too bad on it. I don't think it would have made, made us win, win the game because uh, yeah, it I, mightn't I, have lost us the game though. I, I'm saying it definitely could have made the game closer. But Dangerfield in general, from prelim finals onwards, and this is the first time it's been onwards for him. Unfortunately, he hasn't delivered in the big games either. The the, the biggest games of all. Um, prelim, he constantly rushes the ball and hasn't used it very well. So even if he was in the midfield, there's still a chance he would have had a number of clangers out out there. But definitely would have liked to see him have a better opportunity in there. I don't think uh, it's the reason we lost the game because mm. why are we relying on one player to win us the game? What what yeah. what's Guthrie, Managola, and Parfit and these guys in the middle? And I definitely understand. And Shorty will have his say shortly on Patrick and having. A really good ball winner in there, but um, yeah, certainly would have would have helped at least if they did it at the start of the third to have him there. Yeah, um, he has been playing forward a lot, and it has been sort of working in a sense of structure. But you've got to be able to get up there, exactly. and you've got to stop Richmond um, from giving them a sniff early in the third. And I think that would have helped alleviate a little bit, but I still think that would have been too good, regardless of Dangerfield playing more midfield time. Shorty, you were losing your mind. I was. Tell I couldn't us. have been losing my mind anymore. I was going off my absolute nut, wasn't I, Tiz? Because the game needed Patrick Dangerfield in the middle. Yes. Whether you started him there, which you know how much I love Paddy in the middle. And I know he's played good games forward, but I didn't think as a forward he was that good against Collingwood. He played an okay game against Brisbane, I should say. Brisbane, yeah. But Collingwood, he dominated. But I just feel like his forward move is a bit more of a ace up the sleeve, you know, a little surprise move, works every now and then. I don't think he's a superstar forward. You know, it's sexy to sort of think he can kick 60 in a season, but I don't think he's an amazing forward. I think he can catch teams off guard and against certain opponents when the midfield's on top, he can look amazing. But, yeah, I, I was I was screaming. I would have started him in the middle, but you've got to back the coaching staff in and they did well in other decisions leading into that game. But when it comes down to it, you, you can't be that reactive. I just felt there was a point in the game where we just desperately needed to win the centre bounce to get some territory, to stem the flow, and you had the best clearance player in your side, arguably the league, sitting at full four getting cold. And I think it was the third quarter. If he touched it once, then I missed it. And I just I just couldn't believe. If, if you didn't have it the first one, fair enough. Why isn't he at the second, the third, the fourth when Richmond are just coming out. And yet, I lost my absolute shit, and it still frustrates me. So, mm. Fair call. I need to pour some water over I'd be head. on the side of, I think, that they wanted to back in this team, the the system that had them, you know, at halftime there and then in the contest. Mm. Um, you know, a few stumbles happened here and there, but that's still the same team that got them to 22 points yeah. up in the first place. 
Um, I think it would have been very reactive to have instantly gone, okay, oh no, panic mode, let's just have danger in, in the in the midfield oh, yeah. straight away. Yeah. They made the change. It was probably in the last they eventually mm-hmm. started playing him in the in the in the midfield, but I think they wanted to back in the midfielders who they thought were playing really well and were capitalizing and doing good effort. In fact, it was kind of the forwards that were, that were ruining the mm. work of the midfielders originally. Like when uh, Dalhouse ran into Hawkins? That was yeah. right. And but don't you think it's being a good coach is being proactive? Yes. Did Dangerfield play a good for first half? No. He was okay. No. He kicked a goal from a free. So maybe just because that's the system that's got it done. But identify that he's not playing that well. Mm. So you're up with the system. Part of that system isn't working. So make the move before it gets you. And I, I understand, Chuck. I understand first bounce. Fair enough. But when it starts to go wrong, they were too. Yeah. They took too long. They took yeah, way too yeah, long. Way too yeah, long. that's fair. I was just going to be on the other flip of the coin. If if he's been playing such a bad game, why would you now give him the most important role in the team? Because <laughs> where he we can know then he can stuff do it. it up. Yeah, maybe. I, just, I, I get what you mean, but I just think we know he's a fantastic one. Player. One area where I think, sorry, if I can, where I think in the end, and something <laughs> we did mention was how important. We thought Stanley was going to be and mm-hmm. how important yep. he was mm-hmm. in the first half. Mm-hmm. But Nank the Tank took yeah. over in that second half and that was one of the big defining mm-hmm. things is he was helping him dominate the clearances and he was getting the ball to his players. Um, when Soldo went down against Richmond, we thought that was, you know, non-Richmond yeah, yeah. fans thought that was yeah. a blessing in, well, it was a blessing for us, but I think it was mm-hmm. a blessing in disguise for Richmond because Nank's clearly a better solo ruckman. A better Soldo Ruckman um, by himself, and he's dominated the final series to be honest. And he was amazing. And yes, yeah, a lot of our players really fell away in the second half. But just back to the Dangerfield thing, even my dad, who's not a footy analyst by any means, was saying, Why have we got Dangerfield forward if we're not even getting it in the forward line? Exactly. And no, there's no point having you know your best gun in the forward line. We didn't even look like scoring in the second half, it was only literally our, our one goal from Myers was a fast break over the back. And the other one was when Sam Simpson died and met a goal and took that great mark yeah. and kicked a goal from 60. So um, Just don't don't wake up on Sunday wondering what yeah. could have happened if well, you didn't make the move. And that's what frustrated me. I understand starting him at full forward in the yeah. start of the third. But yeah. honestly, six minutes in or yeah. whenever they started pressing, no. I would have flicked it yeah. straight it's away. Too, it was too late. And we all knew that too, which is I was the most stressed I was was in the third quarter. Like the fourth quarter, I was like, no, done. <laughs> You're not going to get back there. So, um, we're living off hope. We, we think we're frustrated, but you, you don't get second chances in, mm. in this game. And Paddy might never get another chance again. And yeah. he, he was poor, Tiz. He was poor, it has to be said, along with a yes. lot of his other teammates as well. Gary Rowan, oh, probably, man. yeah, Tiz, I know you said it in your review, probably one of the worst big game performers of all time. The, the complete opposite of Dusty. If there was a yeah. reverse Norm Smith, Gary Rowan would have eight of them by this stage. Yeah. But um, look, uh, right now, City, and, and we, we'll stop focusing on Geelong too much because Richmond were obviously fantastic. That they, they were amazing, and Nathan Broad, you know, dominated the uh, the game. No, I'm kidding. He was terrible. But uh, thanks, Leafle. Um, <laughs> um, for, it's and this might cause some controversy just within oh this room right now. Oh but boy. I am proud of the fact that Geelong did get to the grand final. They did try. We were playing some amazing football in the second quarter um, and we did push the best team in the comp over the last three years. We all, we almost had them on the ropes. Like I, I thought we were almost home and I was like, surely they can't you know, come back and do what they did last year and surely they did. So, yes. um, 
Richmond were were amazing. Um, I don't know what thoughts you had on them, Tiz, but yeah, dust, yeah. dusty aside, their structure, just how they perform as a team. Hawley blew his calf out in the first quarter and played on, and you know, talk Boston. about talk about the first quarter just by itself. We haven't even mentioned Gary yet, but mm. gee, wouldn't that have been disappointing if? Um, I know I just said we'll stop talking about Geelong and we go straight back to Geelong, but wouldn't that have been disappointing if Gary just went off and that was it and just went quietly into the the night? I'm so glad he came back on and fought out for the rest of the game. But um, yeah, there was a bit of carnage in the first quarter and and some streakers, Tiz. Yeah, it was all happening. A bit of a publicity stunt there. Um, So yeah, some people might remember him, some won't. Funny that they had AFL Unlimited shirts on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think uh, it was actually you and Shorty out there, but... um, yeah, look, R- Richmond, uh, these were the, the main things that sort of really struck my mind, especially in the second half, was just that ground ball. We could not pick up off the ground and save our lives. If you can't pick up the ground ball, like, good luck to you. On a dewy night, good luck to you. Uh, so they were continually getting the ground ball. They were continually getting it out of the stoppage. It's like field position and um, territory in a final, as I mentioned off the top, it's huge. And Richmond, like they did in the prelim last year, they were able to, you know, short continually kicked it 50 metres plus and he gained nearly, uh, nearly 800 metres which is quite impressive. He was insane. He was, uh, it was incredibly I feel like good. I barely noticed him the whole game. Mm. <laughs> he had 26 or something. Yeah, just heap, heaps of hacks but yeah. uh, they they they, um, they just keep they just keep fronting up. They, they were really good getting that ground ball, forcing it forward, forcing it forward and then just allowing their guys to overwhelm um, whenever we picked up the ball like we had no time or space and it felt like Richmond were just able to outrun us and outwork us at the contest and around the ground. And yeah, that was super damaging. Like, we kept Rewalt and Lynch pretty quiet up until probably sort of late in the last quarter when sort of filled the boots up. But so that's a credit to our midfield there. But and ultimately, Harry Taylor played extremely well on Lynch, I thought. Yeah, was, well, was extremely one good. goal, which was at um, a long kick out, out, the, out back. the back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and ha- Taylor was like behind someone else, um, might have been Hendo or um, Colo, um, that was closer to, to Lynch. So, yeah. It did incredibly well, and Real ended up with um, a couple. But so we definitely contained the tolls well. But Ross Lyon summed it up: the smalls were and the speed was always mm. going to be um, the challenge, and we just weren't able to match it, unfortunately, for long enough. And we spoke about that previously: that Richmond's speed for the ball against a fairly slow Geelong backline was always possibly going to um, be the undoing of Geelong. But yeah, like Ty said, they are. A a system-based side and one of the best we've ever seen at doing that, which is painful to say. I don't know why you think Geelong aren't fast. Uh, <laughs> they actually won the half the quarter sprint. <laughs> so apparently Geelong has the fastest backman in the league. That's an absolute omen <laughs> as well, isn't it? When, uh, when the, the was, person from your team wins the half-time sprint. I was at work today and I was taking a, a photo of this young volleyball kid. Excuse me? Oh, <laughs> can, you, can you please clarify? Oh, that sounded a little <laughs> That sounded extremely <laughs> Sport is back in town, and I'm a journalist, photo, yes. and I had to take context, a photo. I wasn't just context. taking photos yeah. of young boys playing <laughs> volleyball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's... <laughs> that sounded terrible. That sounded really bad. Like professional work-related. Yeah, a professional yeah. photo that everyone knew about, including his parents. But he said to me after the photo, "Oh, I'm back for Richmond, rah rah." And he's like, "Oh, at least you won the sprint." And I was, oh, <laughs> you nearly just wrote off the article completely so, that you're writing on. Yeah, it. hopefully my employees don't hear about this podcast. <laughs> I might get a bit of a record against you. But, uh... Yes, and what a game it was, um, but also I suppose the game was symbolic of one of Geelong's absolute greats and one of the all-time greats of the game, um, Gary Ablett, obviously injured early and minimal impact after 
the injury has to be said, and it was very brave that he that he was able to come back on. He, Langs, I, I recall a really good handball. I don't recall much more. I, I don't know if you're thinking more, but what what a player. We don't have his stats up right now, but gee, he's played over 350 games. Uh, he's just been an absolute superstar, probably over 400 goals. Many all Australians. I, th- I think we'll get we'll get Chook on the on the, the job stats, here with yeah. the stats. But um, Chook did actually raise a great point before, um, and and this is probably one of the reasons why I'm not personally f- feeling the loss, maybe as much as you guys are. But I really connected with that moment at the end where Ablett came off, and it was a really good sign of respect from Richmond um, to give him that guard of honour. And Chook mentioned it before that they actually took their medals off. Yeah, as always, them in. it's very... Yep. Put them away. Yep. So, Shorty's about to blow up here. He's it's, about to explode. It's very He's respectful just like, on that, but... I know. It means nothing I know. for us. I know. I know it's a great I moment. Know. I'm sure in time I'll, I'll enjoy yeah. that moment, but it, it's Would one have been of the a worst better days of your life. I know. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'd, you, you'd have to be just absolutely... You'd have to be either it not doesn't watching get much or than just like stone cold. <laughs> To uh, not feel some form of emotion in that moment. I don't know if you actually saw that moment. No. Oh, no. no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, me, right. me, well, he Tyson. might have seen it, but he, he forgot it. <laughs> yeah. Me, Tyson, Dad would have been... Oh, Tyson Counseling. might have seen it, but I think we were sitting in, on the couch just... Yeah, having a counselling session with one another. Yeah, look, well, it, you'll see it in time. Well, it was I, a really good moment. I'm pleased you... You can feel that way. I mean, I, I just, I just can't. I'm, I'm I know. Flat as a I know. We're different I just like think that. I, I'm proud of them. Like yeah. you said before, yeah, I'm proud of them. But I agree. it doesn't heal the wounds that you feel, and I'm there's sorry. no guarantee you're back there ever for, for 20 years. Ever. You just got to strike yes. when you're there. Ever, absolutely. Yeah. So I, yeah, the Sunday. I mean, obviously the moment Sunday was flat. Sunday was probably harder than um, Saturday. I, I don't know how that all marries up, but when you think about it more and look into it more, you kind of go, what an opportunity that, that's gone. Mm. Because Saturday night was a tough sleep. You know, I, I woke up um, at some stage just thinking about the game and, and whatnot. So, you, uh, you went to sleep? I was about three hours into Sunday before I got into bed. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. Chook, Chook's in the party animal of the crew. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and then Sunday was just so so flat. It was just empty. It was just yeah. It was it was awful. I, I felt like yeah, massive opportunities gone. And the hardest thing that hit me was just there's no next week. Yeah, <laughs> isn't that yeah. weird? Like you've just geared up so much towards, and this is probably the the first grand final <laughs> defeat that I've really like yeah. had. I wasn't really super focused on footy back in '08, but you just wake up the next day and you're like, oh well, we've got you know, oh. Actually, we don't got next week. We've Normally, got... when you lose, there's a chance to redeem, and yeah. you set your sights immediately to that, and it's not there. Yeah, not there. Ouch! Yeah. That hit me probably hardest next morning. Yeah. Um, also, YouTube need to figure out their algorithms to stop recommending me videos on Richmond highlights, and uh, <laughs> oh I just want to like distract myself and watch some like cat memes. Yeah, but I've, no, it was, I've uh... unfollowed like twenty blokes. On yeah, <laughs> yeah. Especially, did you unfollow the guy you live with as well? Yeah, he's yeah. getting evicted tomorrow. Yeah, he's, <laughs> you're, you're out. But um, yeah. So. I don't know if we wanted to move on from this discussion. We've pretty much hit half an hour on the uh, grand final review. If you guys had anything else you wanted to add? Not off the top of my head. I just think, yeah, Tigers played really well. I said yeah. my piece, they were all really good, generally, yeah. all the Tigers players. Yeah. Like, so there was a few injuries. Um, it was a bit disappointing, but um, yeah, yeah. I think it was good to watch. Yeah, just, just <laughs> quickly first first back on, yeah. on, a, on a neutral sort of perspective. What the hell was Brian Taylor talking about? Oh. Dangerfield should get hung and shot 
for killing Nick Vlosten in really? that contest. I, did he was actually like, say that? Exactly no, Dangerfield was. <laughs> BT was yeah. saying, "Oh, I think Dangerfield would get in real trouble if that was a home and away game." Clearly Ooh. not, and he got yeah. cleared because of that. Yeah. Yeah, if right. anything, he was bracing for the contact of Vlosten. Anyway, we won't get yeah, into no, that. But, but also with BT, let's well, not that's forget... That's just such a random let's, thing. He's like, lined Dangerfield up. Let's not forget he also said, oh, no, I think I might have done a knee or a leg injury here. <laughs> <laughs> I think the guy, like, all the way at the back of the ground knew he'd done his shoulder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, look, absolute credit to Richmond. Fantastic. An amazing premiership back-to-back. Yellow and black to back. An amazing uh, effort from them and the team. They are such a professional organisation. And I don't know if you guys have seen that video of just take the team out of it, but Brendan Gale talking about, you know, we'll win three flags by 2020. He's getting laughed at by Gary Lyon and um, Carolyn Wilson. But, you know, what, what an amazing like piece of history for someone to come out like that and say yeah. that their club is going to do that. Everyone laugh at them. Tigers hadn't made finals in... How long by that At stage? The time it was laughing. It was insane, isn't and it? That's and what makes it so He would have had the biggest smile on his mm. face, I reckon. Oh, Benny? What, what foresight and he's got the last yeah, laugh. We, foresight. That, he really but what does. club isn't saying we want to aim for three flags 15 years from now yeah, sort of thing? It. You'd say most clubs would yeah, be hoping that they'd have been in finals. Not many would probably say it. So confidently, though, would they? Yeah. Well, right. he got leaked, right. so he got forced he into got having forced to. It was an yeah. internal document. Yeah. They weren't planning on spreading. It was a you know just an indication yeah. as a club, that, which, that which every club does insane, and has. Yeah. That yeah. Sort you of reach thing. into the top drawer, everyone's mission plan. They so forced, yeah. and he basically got pushed in front of the media and say, "Hey, we found your secret document, and we want to grill you on it." And well, now he has yeah. the last laugh. That's, yeah. that's incredible. Credits, incredible. That should. That's a movie. Anyway, we'll move on. So. We've got a bit of news, firstly, Chuck, and this does relate to the, the grand final. A um, bit of a funny Yeah, moment, a bit but, of a, um... an interesting one. It's related to the, the Norm Smith. Um, apparently, Dusty shouldn't have won it. No, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> oh, but Lethal Lee, oh, giving two votes to Broad by accident when he meant to Did give he? it to Short. Jaden Short. It was, he meant to give it to Jaden Short, and it was very... He got it's confronted insane. about it. I think someone said... You voted for Broad. You said, what? I voted for Short, didn't I? And then he started like on the back foot a bit. Oh, I was getting oh pressured and I just wrote a name down quickly. Yeah, Gil's got a gun to his head. Like, vote for Dusty, vote for Dusty. <laughs> How you... does that happen? Yeah, oh. it's insane. Broad had eight touches. <laughs> so did... So he, they t- he gets after, votes. Yeah, well, Broad got two they can't so not the give him the, They can't not give him the votes yeah, because that's what Lethal insane. wrote down. So he got yeah. the votes. That's it was really insane. silly and, yeah, yeah Short it, got caught out there. It's okay, because, like, we've all been there. I mean, I've, I've been to the Sporting Globe before. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty recently, what, actually. What happened there, mate? Uh, ordered a meal and... Uh, just on I, the app, I, just being a smart-ass. Yeah. Just doing could, it. Uh, well, we, we were forced to do it on the app, cause, <laughs> forced. Uh, basically. Um, and, obviously, I went... I. For sure, thought I went Geelong, and I was just in a rush. Besides I was Geelong restaurant in the app. It, it, yep. was, it was 7.30, and I was starving. Um mm-hmm. And then I'll get two phone calls, which I don't answer. I'm like, oh. well, who the hell is calling me on these random numbers? It's normally like some Nigerian prince or something trying to transfer money. And um, and then I'll get a text message saying, hey, um, we're Ballarat Sporting Globe. We can't see a table 11. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so, uh, that look, it happens. Yeah, it happens, happens to the best of us. happens to the best of us. <laughs> that palm is still sitting on the table for yeah, you yeah. waiting there. So, um, uh, yeah, that's, eh? a, that's a funny little one. But, yeah, it's funny how something so professional and serious, you can just mix it up and 
You know, what if that decided to vote by accident? I'm not sure Lisa will be voting no. next year. No. <laughs> like 104. Hundred and four. And speaking of Jaden Shortchurch. Yes, yeah, so had a, a little... bit of a mix-up sometimes. I think uh, there was a bit of video footage that people were looking into of sus. him uh, getting handed something from a member in the crowd and tucking it into his sock during the um, celebrations. Jaden uh, Snort. He, <laughs> oh. he uh, came out and announced that, it, no, it was a watch and it was to do with a, a sponsorship that he was doing where he was going to be wearing the watch during the, the celebrations as a sponsorship. And I'm sure the rest of the team were all glad to hear it was yeah. watch when they were celebrating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, probably because of Richmond's record this year. We are probably <laughs> assuming it was going to be something bad. It could have been uh, a kebab. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Um, obviously, we mentioned Dangerfield was cleared on his um, incident with Boston as well. Um, but yeah, I feel like that was blown up massively. Um, during the game, but people were out to really get people. Well, I think if, it was just a if we were watching that and it was Tom Lynch that had done it, everyone would be calling for his head. Mm. Like he, laid, he did raise his arm and smash it straight into yeah, the guy's but the, head. But the ball was there. <laughs> chuk, chuk, yeah. chuk, chuk. But all saying, of Lynch's incidents, the ball hasn't been there. Mm. Well, I'm just saying that if you put it in the same shoes, they're going to be same. The difference with Lynch and Dangerfield, though, is Dangerfield has done. Actually, goes the ball. He's done hardly anything to any player, and he plays the ball. Um, and Lynch is a known like same same thing. If Toby Green did it, there would yes. be a lot more yep. um, rigor because he is known to do malicious acts. I don't believe Dangerfield is. Um, so yeah, I mean that was fine. Like Boston was going straight at him. Dangerfield's going the ball. Like how's he supposed? To, if he doesn't have his arm up, how's he supposed to brace himself? Um, good good call on that for the AFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though we are Geelong supporters, but yep. I'd like to think if anyone was in that situation, that'd be okay. Absolutely, it's just unfortunate accident. Now, the playing season of 2020 has ended. The trading season of 2020, we're on. This is sometimes the most fun yes. of the of the AFL time. This, this is up your alley, short as an avid super coacher, as an yes. avid journalist. There's a couple of big, big stories floating around today as we speak, as we go to air. Um, Chuck, do you want the honours or? Oh, go, go for oh, it, mate. Sure. You, can, so, um, <laughs> you can break the stories, I don't mind. Jay Clark, who has association with uh, Collingwood, yes. does a podcast with them, has reported that Adam Trelaw, he believes Adam Trelaw, has gone to the club and asked, do you want me? Do you want me at the club? To which they have replied, no. Insane. That is massive news. What, what's going on there? What is going what's on, What's going Sean? on there? Is, is, that, is that just... Why? What sort of a reason do you see Collingwood? Are they concerned that because... But why would you? Are they concerned that his partner going north, he's just really going to struggle to to handle that? And are they are they trying to preempt some struggles he might have or trying to do the right thing by him that he might not be able to identify himself? I don't know. I don't see any football reason that they wouldn't want him. So it's got to be off-field. Do they think he's... Is his hammies that he has? Do you think his hammies are just absolutely cooked? I don't know, but why on earth wouldn't they want him? I'm shocked. Well, five yeah, years I was going to say you watched that Trelaw interview he did on 360. He was adamant mm. that he wants to be at the Pies next year, mm. and he adamant wants to. Adamant adamant Trelaw. Trelaw. <laughs> <laughs> but he came to the club to play. In exactly, front of the he wants to play with the Pies. He's a Victorian boy. He has all his Vic yeah. mates. He wanted to be there, and the fact that they would anyone would suggest that they don't want him when. I would say there's a lot of good midfielders at the club, but I think Trelaw is their best midfielder by a, by a country mile. He's a top 10 mid in the club. And that, you know, Penelope's like 32, 33, mm. steel side bottoms, mm. getting up there in age. Trelaw is an outright gun who's racks up... Th- he was racking up 30 touches yep. when he was getting the game in a reduced, you know, game yeah. time season. Mm. And 
to suggest that they would get rid of him to you know save some money so that they could keep Dugowie, who has only ever shown promise. I don't think he's ever really shown he's going to be Ooh. a superstar king of that's the fair. king of the football. That's, that's he's definitely. what is he twenty five years yeah. old and he really hasn't done enough. He's kicked a couple Mm. cool goals every couple weeks, but I don't think he racks up posies. I don't think he does enough for this club that he's deserving of. It's a funny one because you you think if Pendles and Sidebottom are on the way out, then Trelaw and Adams are your next two. Mm. Perfect. You know, Trelaw's silky outside, you know, damaging kicks goals and Adams is probably the toughest player in the comp. Hard, still racks up a lot of the pill. They're the perfect one-two combo you'd want in the midfield. And then you accompany that with a Josh Dacos and you know other young guns that Collingwood have. It just seems crazy that Collingwood even entertained Tiz getting rid of Trelaw. I wonder if they've got a key forward on their minds. They, they've, they haven't been able to land you know, a really big key forward fish, I feel like, for a very long time since pretty Ever? much Lee, Lee Brown. <laughs> You're getting Quentin Lynch here. Quentin Lynch, uh, that's an absolute superstar. But Jesse look, White, they, they def- Jesse White. <laughs> yep. So they, they they've tried a lot, but he's definitely going to be yeah one of their best players with Pendlebury aging, uh, Greenwood's aging as well. So these guys probably have a year left. So you'd like to think that it's it's a bizarre conundrum to be in. Um, and guys on Dugowie obviously had. A really, really good 2018. I think he kicked um, over 40 goals. But outside of that year, I don't think he's been the player that's probably he's hyped up to be. So he needs to show a little bit more consistency over a number of years. But, yeah, I'd be staggered that they would want to get rid of him. Hopefully more will come out in the wash and it'll be good to know it might might be more personal if they're not making yeah, it too public. I just can't see it being a football-based decision, even financial. Mm. There's got to be other ways you can find money elsewhere than chopping one of your best players. So I just, I think you're right. I think there's something... Yeah, a bit bigger. We don't, and we know he's had his struggles and things, and, you know, I don't know. I don't know what they know. You just hope he's going all right, but it's it's really weird and kind of awkward yeah. at the moment. Yeah. I think you're, you're robbing Peter to pay Paul yeah. is, a, is a great um, analogy there. You think... They're, people are saying that they might be trying to throw the kitchen sink at Jeremy Cameron to get him into the club. I think that's what people are, are potentially saying, that they want mm-hmm. him in the club. But how did Cameron go this year without a great midfield handing it to him? Let's be honest, the Giants mm. weren't dominating the midfield and he was barely getting the ball. Mm. So now you're going to get rid of Collingwood's best midfielder so you can have Cameron who mm. hasn't really achieved mm. anything last year. He's spot on there, Chook. Yeah, I think a bit of that with Cameron also. He just didn't want to be there. And mm. Giants... Uh, Having a bit of an exodus moment as well. Like we'll talk about a bit of trade stuff, but Jai Caldwell requesting a, a trade to the Bombers, and we'll talk about the Bombers in a second. But he's you know pick eleven a couple of years ago. He's one of their pretty high prize recruits. But um, yeah, a few issues happening there at GWS. But um, um, another big one, short. Cool. <laughs> this is this is oh, ma- oh. this is short. <laughs> yeah, this is massive. Josh Dunkley. Oh. The story popped up last week that Essendon were into him, mm. and. The CEO of Bulldogs, 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 Bullfrogs, <laughs> Bulldogs, came out and said, no, nah, absolutely not happening, no. not even entertaining this. And it's coming out today that Dunkley's told Bulldogs he wants to go to Essendon. I'd want to leave them too. They, the dogs. Yeah. yeah. Well, if I was Dunkley. Yes. He doesn't seem to get but the Bailey Smith's just sort of gone that, past that him, deserves. do you feel? 
Um, and he's going to go to he's an playing Essendon. second rock. But would you be going to Essendon? I probably wouldn't go to Essendon. No. <laughs> but, but, but that's but the thing, though. With Dunkley going to Essendon, that brings them straight back up again, doesn't and, it? And, and it says, hey, Josh, you want to be inside mid, number one, yeah. inside mm. ball guy? Well, here you go. Because him and um, Dylan Shield are the perfect one-two combo, yeah. just like Trelaw and Adams are and as well. Zach so. Merritt can win the hard ball, but he probably he's likes that beautiful, to be the, as they say, the second yeah, receiver, balance. get that nice left foot going. So... Yeah, I think Dunkley could be one of the absolute A-grade players, and yeah. we've seen it before. His form last year in the yeah. tail end of the season, oh, yeah. you know, super coach-wise alone, is incredible, but he was like the best mid for about four or five weeks. Yeah, he goes <laughs> well, to the Bombers, I'll be yeah. picking Just, just yeah. look at the last good dog that went to the Bombers and how great Stringer had. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Come on. You can't say that they're going to be up in contention again next year just because of Dunkley. They're losing Saad, they're losing Danaher, yeah, they're losing all respect. They're losing all respect for the league. The plot, mate. You never know, Chuck. You never know with how Collingwood's done so well yeah, with right. the hybrid it's forward line with my check. You never know what's going to happen. But um, I think Essendon have been smart here. They've actually, I think they've thrown the carrot of recruiting Kyle Dunkley, Josh's brother, yeah, to get that. him over, which I think is a really smart move yeah. because Kyle... Gold, Gold Coast Ablett sort of deal. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle was a good player. He was dominant in the VFL and he only got a couple of games at Melbourne and he was pretty good for the games he did get. But I think he would be a good fit at Essendon. Essendon have had a really good um, success at recruiting players from the lower leagues like um, the one with the, you know, him with he the did. hair. Are you talking about Hibbert? Mitch, no, no. no Tippin Woody? Tippin Woody. <laughs> oh, yeah. from... No, no, not him. Um, I've forgotten his name, but he's obviously... Mitch, the guy with the hair. The guy with the hair. Yep, no, so no. Was I'll, I'll, pick his, I'll pick his <laughs> name. No, Mitch Brown. No, not Mitch Brown, but someone keep talking, I'll find it. Um, yeah, I think it would be huge for Dunkley to have his brother there. I mean, it's a nice little carrot, but yeah, I mean, Kyle's probably a, a fringe player at best, but yeah, no, if... Um, they certainly are good at turning all blokes with hair into good players. So, uh, <laughs> how are you going on yep, the phone there? Our host now. has yeah. gone to water. He's, he's got the Bombers in top four next year. Oh. Dunkley, and now he's making sorry, up VFL sorry, players. Let, got I've got it. Will Snelling. Oh, yes. You love Will Snelling. I love Will Snelling. I love him. He, he also has good hair too. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's a perfect example of you know getting a player off the Sandful, not Scrap Heap, but that's a bit rude to Sandful, but they've made really good players yeah. out of... Mitch Brown was another one. It was a really good player. You're so, the only um, person to recognise Will Snelling. He's, an, he's a gun. Yeah, I know he's he is, a gun. Michael Gibbons, he's been amazing for Carlton. I love these success stories of uh, these second-tier players coming in. So, um, yeah, I think it's good. It will be interesting to see how it plays out, and mm. it's good... Um, <laughs> good to see all these things happening and it just gives a bit of spice to the summer instead of yeah. cricket or racing. So, um, oh my God. Um, Brad Crouch took officially nominated the Saints as his place to uh, his team he yeah. wanted to go to and they've offered him a deal. Yeah, it's an interesting one because some people have been saying, you know, is Crouch really worth the money or whatever that they're potentially throwing at him? But he is a ball winner and he can get the ball and I think he's a perfect complement to that Saints midfield with, you know, Steele needs some help. Zach Jones has been there, who's really good. Mm. But, you know, just slowly building that midfield up so that they can take that next level and keep contending. I think he's going to be a great addition if they can get Crouch over the line. And I think they might just need one extra... I heard that they're looking at potentially bringing McKernan in, who just got delisted, Mm. just for some support in the forward line if needed. Mm. A bit wild when they've got, like, five key forwards at the club. But (laughs) we'll, we'll see how they go. I think, yeah, I think they just need that one extra... Nugget to help them get nugget. along the line. And they need him 
fit too, don't they? You're right, though. They they probably have steel, but aside from him in the midfield, you've got a lot of very good players, but I think Crouch at his best is an A grader. We just haven't seen it consistently enough because I think he averages 12 games a year over like seven years or something. You know, he he's barely gone past 16 or 17 games a season, I think. So, um, <laughs> have fun, St Kilda. Yeah, like, I mean, Save me if, for if the you can get him then. right, I mean, yeah, Lincoln McCarthy couldn't get a go with us and then yeah. plays 22 at Brisbane, so it can, it can happen. But, um, yeah, no, that'll be a big one for the Saints and, yeah, I think he'll complement Steele pretty nicely. Crows definitely have had their uh, dramas with uh, soft tissue in the past, so obviously that's uh, mm. you know, Crouchy Boy under crouchy boy. <laughs> under, <laughs> under a crouchy, new sort crouchy of... Crouchy D. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, under a new club. Who knows what could sort of happen there, but it'll be yeah, a great get for them uh, if you can get them over the line and be fit and firing, so mm. that'll, that'll help the Saints sort of um, potentially win a final next year. Absolutely. Chook. Yeah. Tyson. <laughs> we're saying each other's names now. <laughs> but no, I think we need to <laughs> move on good. to probably the big biggest fish in the in the market that everyone's been talking about. And that it, we mentioned him early, potentially Collingwood wanted to get him, but Jeremy Cameron Jeremy Cameron is the big the big kahuna in <laughs> the, the trade kahuna. market. Big wahoo. And we're hearing yeah, yeah, obviously yeah. the cats are the destination club for him, he although he might to head to Richmond, who knows. Oh, <laughs> but oh uh, no, so the Cats are looking at Cameron, and I think the Cats have that advantage, and people have always said that, that they're in Geelong, they're away from the big city, you're near the coast, people can serve. So it's not just people who are from the Geelong area that go mm. there, but people that want that relaxed vibe have been, you know, trying to target this so they can fish. Or getting your house burnt down, apparently, which was an insane story to hear. <laughs> The day before the grand final. Yeah, no, Jeremy Cameron to the Cats. I think we're all pretty happy with that. If I, I just hope, I'm happy to give some picks for him, but I don't really want to give our good young players away um, mm. because oh, okay. of that. So, um, are you on, of oh, the opposite opinion, Tyson? Got, got something. Oh, I'd say get rid of us radically. Oh, right. oh, oh, yes. <laughs> now I've just got you to throw Dallas in there too. <laughs> <laughs> if that happens, who? Who say Stanley finishes up next year? Who plays in ruck after that, and who do we get for a ruckman? Because I think Sav Tom and Chuck, Chuck would agree with me <laughs> that Sav in the ruck is where it needs to happen, where it needs to go. Is he a good ruckman? Okay. Is he, <laughs> <laughs> no, is he? Is he tall well, enough? I think he is. is he yeah. tall he's got that, the athleticism. Has yeah. he got? Has he got the tank? I'd, I'd like to. I'd like to see it. Yeah. Um, but he's yeah. probably groomed as a forward so far, hasn't he, really? Yes. And then they bring Cameron. So I'm open to the idea, Cameron yeah. comes, Sav, can you be a ruck? I'm open to yeah. that. But wouldn't you but hate... But also, if he goes, I'm not going to cry. Wouldn't you hate sleep. getting rid of him and he turns into the next Nick Nat? I would. I would. <laughs> um, it, could you pick any other player? <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's athletic. He can jump. He's probably... <laughs> as a ruckman, that's rare. Yeah, that's what you got to look on your face Nothing. for. <laughs> I think, yeah, of course. Any player leaves your club, you feel yeah. that they go well. But if you've got to get... And then, I mean, I prefer Sav to go than some of those other youngsters And then Clark have. has been the one thrown up, which I know you're big on, no, Jordan, but no, that would be Jordan, that would be the number one just no-no. Yeah. Giants were after Parfit, but I think Parfit's about to sign a deal with the Cats, so he's not going. He's been amazing this year, and Sam Simpson was mentioned as well, but <laughs> no, Paddy, you're not so, taking So him anyone with... that's gotten a game for the Cats who's <laughs> under 25, yeah. we want them. <laughs> Look, right, right now, I'd be happy for them 
to take Constable, potentially. I don't and think that's enough for them, though. We've yeah. made our own bed with that. If you don't yeah. give games to guys well, like it's one Constable of them's go. and uh, Narkle, Fogarty, Narkle. And it leaves it open to them going, that, maybe I want to get senior footy somewhere else. I think there was an article today about Cats waiting to see what the list numbers would be like okay. next year to then give Narkle a contract. But I would have thought you'd be giving Narkle a contract before... Fogarty yeah. or mm-hmm. half the other blokes we got no list. But <laughs> in speaking of the Cats list, there was just some delistings announced. So oh, along along with James Raleigh, who's a Zach assistant Duffy, coach, surely. just just no. let me finish. Um, James <laughs> Raleigh, they, they love him though. Um, I'll do Zach it in Duffy, reverse order. So Blake Schlensog, oh your mate, he's out, my mate. Oh, so mate. come to Bunnings, Blake. I'll get yeah, you a yeah, job yeah. if you need one. But. <laughs> That's unfortunate because I think he was he was reasonably promising, but they've also got Nathan Kruger there, who's probably a similar position. They, no, he's not been no, delisted. He's not, he hasn't yeah, been yeah. delisted. Jesus. He hasn't been delisted. Pick your but jaw they're, both, off the they're, floor, both, they're both in a similar position, but I think Kruger's probably the one that's taken more steps forward, mm. which is unfortunate because I think Schlenzog was pretty good. <laughs> Jacob Kennelly never got a never got a game. Good runner. Pretty yeah. I apparently that's he about all he can get a, he can get a job at the Dogs down at Kennel. And, oh jeez, 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 jeez. Um, and this one, Tis. This oh, one will strike this gonna very hurt close you guys to your heart. Real bad. Is it going to hurt me? It's yeah, gonna hurt it's going to cut you bad. deep. James Parsons has been delisted <laughs> oh by the um, And the writing was probably on the wall. He was a pretty high draft pick, I think. Um, was he? I think he was about 30-odd or 40-odd. Oh, okay. so. oh, you meant the, oh, you mean the other way, right. Yeah. We thought high as in like top 10. No, sort of no, no. no. <laughs> like, like he was... He, 30 or 40 is still pretty good. It's about so 55 it's a sec- in the draft, it's a, so no. It's oh, not. okay. Um, <laughs> but he's gone. He, well. he hasn't been cutting the mustard, and I think with the list sizes this year getting cut, yeah. um, it's we're going to see some decisions like that. Um, Zach Guthrie, I think they'll probably keep on, to be honest, because he showed this is, this is probably been the most promising year he's had. He was an emergency for the grand final, and the games he played, you can't deny he was good. You watch this. Bro. If Geelong... Bro. If Geelong... Bro. If Geelong oh, deals with Zach a... Guffrey, you'll see him at the Bombers so that they can lure Cam down, no. just we're, like we're, with Dunkley. <laughs> no one's asking for Guthrie as trade bait because he's crap, mate. They're, <laughs> asking, they're asking for everyone else. Well, and we're like, nah, that's nah, sign yeah, Zach yeah, up, bro. Yeah, that's, that's just a personal opinion, but yeah, no, there's probably further... I respect your opinion. It's more his physicality. You're right. The way he's played, and, and okay, but that's why physically. I expect he, he probably will go because of that list cut happening that they've gonna, they're going to have to make these harsh decisions and it's going to be eventually it's going to boil down to mm. do you want to keep Jordan Clark or do you want to keep Zach Guthrie and Narkel? I think mm. it will get to that stage. So You can get a job at Cold Rock with Cam. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> he could be the, the tester stick that people use <laughs> for, the yeah. t- for the tasting of the ice cream. And cream <laughs> um, yeah, so there's there's lots happening. Sean Higgins obviously been thrown around at the Cats as well. Sounds like it's just yeah. about a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah but I think we'll get him for pretty much free, Tiz. Um, he's, he's an unrestricted free agent. So Yeah, 32 years of age, I believe. So um, he's going to be... Yeah, really silky smooth, and obviously in the second half of his career, he's been really durable with his body. And I think that that class, and yes. we definitely saw a lack of class uh, very recently this weekend. But he will be very good in that front and sort of be that connecting type player between the midfield and forward, probably half forward role. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how he goes for maybe a year or two. His, so his durability has been good, so Chuck, so yeah, he'll come I'll, to Geelong and just fall apart. Yeah, that makes sense, I reckon. <laughs> I was just going to throw one up. I was thinking that you were talking about cats and their trades. I was thinking of the Tigers to see what would be happening there. Do we think 
Josh Caddy will try and go for a fourth club, seeing as he's not getting an opportunity here. He's missed out on getting in the grand final team. <laughs> They've kind of, you know, really kind of disrespected him a bit and said, well, you're not going to be playing forward. You know, they had him training as a backman for a while on he's the wing. He's not really getting much of a go. <laughs> Do you think there'd be a club out there that goes, well, why not? Why not give him a crack? Throw him a... I reckon he'd be a good fit at like a Melbourne or a, or a Bombers. Yeah. yeah would that, be a... for, that forward role would be really good for him, I reckon. And someone... It'll appeal just for his experience as well. Yes. Yeah. Because he's still only like 27 or 28. I think, yeah. So. Come yeah, that's a successful that's a club. Good, um, yeah. good pickup choice. Really yeah. Because there's, there's going to be so many of these players that are losing homes this year that people will be quick to snap up. So. And there was... Including Gloucester. So. Oh, 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 literally, <laughs> literally losing homes. Gosh. Well, there was that rumour that um, I think it was Nathan Broad, everyone was saying, oh, he's on the out, he's going to go to Gold Coast. Lee Matthews but... said that, though. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he was talking about short, but he actually... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the All-Australian panel picks the other Yeah, I think... In all seriousness, I think Oleg Markov was linked to Gold Coast to join Brandon Ellis. Al- Brandon- <laughs> <laughs> to join oh, Brandon Ellis. Brandon Malice. Is- <laughs> no Malice. No this, Mal- uh, this is really Whoa. this is really our Mad Monday, isn't it? Shorty. Yo. My Coach friend, did you want to take away this top yes, yes. Top up. Oh, oh God, just, just someone delete me. <laughs> the second half was worse. The Cats or AFL <laughs> We started well with some analytical oh, stuff, but yeah. yeah, Coach of the Year, boys. This one uh, Straighten up real quick. Was, was brought up by Tiz. Yeah. And, um, I thought I you think, were the topics guy. Oh, well, you know. <laughs> oh, I just only uh, just got out of um, the forest. Yeah, <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts. It's probably always an interesting one because clearly... Dimmer is the premiership coach and uh, fantastic result there, but not always coach yeah. of the year. So I'd be really interested to see what we all thought. I will be saying I think Kenny Hinckley at the power has been the best coach this year. I think mm. he's brought his club from out of you know finals and you know on the thin ice, very thin ice he was on, and he's yeah. he's taken himself all the way to the, to the top of the ladder for the entire season. Yeah. Yes, they missed at the end there, but tell me why though. Give me an example of a positional change that brought them to the top of the ladder. Because it's easy to say, not having a shot at you, but wow. and this is a media thing as well, it's easy to say, oh, Ken Hinckley finished top of the ladder, because it's very rare that the team that finishes top of the ladder actually wins the coach of the year. Clarkson hasn't won coach of the year, yeah, which is insane. Mm-hmm. Why do you think he deserves coach of the year? Because of his specific analytical or tactical prowess, and not Ooh. just the club culture rising them up. Well, it's a very interesting point to randomly throw at someone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just like to throw you a curveball. Yep. Well, I don't know. I can't think of something off the top of my head. I will yep. maybe moving uh, Jack Watts to out of the team. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, I'll throw you a bone here and. Peter Laddams is probably the one that oh, I would Oh, so is that what you're doing now? Who? You're selling Chook out and yeah, then so you've that got he your can, own he idea. He wants to make himself oh, no, 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 If we're not. starting to throw our own no, podcast no. members under the bus, mate, this ain't going to last, all right? No, no. No, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> helping Chook extrapolate on the uh, Peter Laddams. I don't know who that is, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, fair, I suppose, but... Two rucks. It's not as common. Yeah, it was a smart move. I don't know. He couldn't give a stuff about Laddams, mate. He doesn't care. You're the point of lane driver. You're driving this truck. I think it's just more a motivational factor and the boost that he's provided to the club. The boys getting around him, they all like him as a coach. Um, You even saw it back in his days at 
uh, uh, Bell Park, or when he was <laughs> oh, coaching the G- in the GFL, when he, yeah. you know, that speech that went around. I think they lost that game, but it was a draw, and then they won the replay by oh, sixty odd points. Yeah. So. What gives them the right? Yeah, wasn't good, that, yeah. and that's a great example too because yeah. he really captures the hearts of his players, and they they're on board the Ken train, oh, <laughs> particularly Laddams. <laughs> I wish we had Ken half time. Yeah, yeah. So, so Langers, quickly, why is uh, Stuart do the best coach? <laughs> Stuart do. <laughs> well, <laughs> what is going on? Yeah. Did, did any? Did you guys have one? Because oh. <laughs> coach of the year. Oh, let's go. Yeah. Okay, did, so yeah. my 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 starting oh, starting in the middle. Uh, my coach of the year is Justin Longmuir oh, yeah, from yeah. Fremantle, yeah. and I can give you player specific reasons. That's oh all. my goodness. <laughs> So the guy that was ha- saying Bradley Hill, why are they playing him in the forward line all year? Now you think he's a genius for his player positioning? <laughs> no, no, no. So they lost Alex Pierce, um, and they lost their other defender, Sam Collins. Tears. Yes, yes. <laughs> Sarcasm. So, um, no. Luke Ryan was the best defender all year, and Brennan Cox was a really good decision to play in the back line. And I thought they were a really good combination. I think they were quite high up or low up, depending which way you look at it, in the points <laughs> conceded. Um, and I think what he's doing and what Fremantle are building at the club is a really positive indication of where they're going. Hmm. So that is my expert analyst analytical. <laughs> so where did Freo what? end on the ladder again? On the <laughs> yeah, that's what, it's his first this. year oh. at the club, but they should have been... 16th and they finished not 16th. <laughs> Guys, take it out. These blokes are better punch on. Oh, straight oh, in the front, mate. Uh, yeah, that, that was really interesting. An- analytics. <laughs> what was that? Uh, it's like an abacus. You know? uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I do look forward to hearing back. Um, all right, so. Hearing back. <laughs> just not what you written to someone or. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> Yeah, hearing his back, he well. left a message yeah. in a bottle of tin. I'm just just trying to think who the Adelaide Crows coaches. Um, oh, I'm just coach trying, Nicks, just trying, Nicks. Matthew Nix. Yeah, there, there we go. He's your coach of the year. You don't know his name. <laughs> but, but on a more serious note, they won not, a whole two games. Not, be I mean, his second half of the year with. With that list, no, I'm not going to I was really thinking about Fremantle and Port Adelaide. And Langs is thinking about something else right now. Uh, you, you no, okay, no, just, yep. <laughs> I'm a bit too close to the mic. That's all right. No, the, no, that's the right. heat's on. There's, you know, I was uh, thinking of through, there was a few. Um, St Kilda obviously came to mind. But I had to go with uh, our club, Geelong, Chris Scott. <laughs> So look, he didn't get it done on the biggest stage, but that's okay. That um, Chris Scott sacrificed his whole salary for, oh, for 2020 yeah, to keep bloke. to keep staff on. I thought it was exactly, a correction there. It was actually only for the initial 12 week shutdown, and then the they paid season. him double for the rest. of the <laughs> <laughs> No, but that that's still the point. Still stands. He gave up his Thank entire you. salary for <laughs> because at that no. <laughs> At, at that point, they didn't know if they were even coming back. So, yes, he, he was willing to give it up. <laughs> that feels less. Yeah. He thought this was one of the most sensational sacrifices of all time. But he just hasn't got paid like 1200 bucks. Paid a bit more than that. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> um, 
And to be able to get past that prelim final hoodoo, mm. it's been a it real is. challenge. Chris Scott and the, yep. the Geelong Football Club. And look, it's been... We've lost four, I believe. So to get through to the biggest day and beaten by the black caviar of the AFL Richmond Football Club. Yeah, uh, yeah did a sensational job. I think definitely developed really good relationships with the players over the course mm. of the year and really sort of um, yeah backed in the system. And it was probably... Better with his decision-making, I think, for most of the part. Uh, some may say Daniel should have played in the midfield. But, uh... Oh, really? Who said that? <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I think he he solidified the structure really well, and I think roles were really well identified. No, I, I agree mm. with that. I think he's been a really good speaker. I think when you watch the... But the press conferences <laughs> afterwards, I think he's probably the one that you could listen to, like his entire press yeah. conference, because he always has something that makes sense to say. And um, I think there's a great example with Buckley as well and how his coaching philosophy changed. Mm. And Scotty's been, you know, pretty never smiled. <laughs> you know, yeah. he's pretty stubborn, I think is fair mm. to say, but he's... He seems to, you know, he's, he's looking good. He's feeling, you skin know, the, yeah, skincare yeah, yeah, routine's yeah, looking good. But yeah, I, I think you're right, Tizzy. He, he's really got the players, you know, in his pocket this year. Whereas, yeah. you know, in the last few years, maybe there was a few coaching decisions that might have ruffled a few feathers and mm. stuff like that. So, yeah, that's a good point. That's a fair one. And, and you know, and speaking of sacrifice, you know... Mm. John Walsfeld sacrificed his respect and integrity. Oh, so maybe no. his career. Maybe he should uh, get coach of the year. What are your thoughts, Daniel? Oh, no, all very good selections. But I was wondering if anyone was going to say Scott because <laughs> this has gone off the rails. Because did we stop recording that... like half an hour? Ago? <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. Good opinions. I think I landed with with Chooks. I thought Hinkley. Um, but, what specific uh, player yeah, movements well, do you... <laughs> I just really enjoyed that he was bold and he, he, he made those big statements that his job was yep. on the line. And, and I think he he stayed true to what he believed in in terms of playing the youth, playing an attractive brand of football. And look, they they didn't get it done in the prelim. Some would argue so they close. should have done it so home. Yep. You know, it's not to say that, you know, it was an out-and-out success of the year, but I just thought, you know, he, he was very impressive. And yeah, I liked the way that Scotty... Yeah, probably took on board criticism and and grew as a coach and yeah, did answer. Yeah, he, he answered growth. some some demons and and I do agree with your point um, with the Dockers there because I think they are going to be a pretty promising side. So yeah, I respect your and probably did anyone men- you mentioned Ratton? Didn't you? Yeah, yeah, so it, that's also. I thought you were going to say, did you say Raul? Because I think he's basically going to be <laughs> yeah, yeah. playing coach in a couple of years. You, yeah, I was going to say Langus borrowed his notebook. Yeah, I really loved really loved Fremantle as well. Thanks, Thanks because um, Thank we were saying it throughout the year so often they had such consistent performances. Like they weren't always winning, but you knew what you were going to get from them each week. So I love the way they sort of went about it and they'll be pushing for finals in 2021. Can I just address something? We've got the AFL website open here and, and in front of us is Mitch Cleary and uh, Riley Beveridge. Uh, what's going on with his hair there? Right. Do you guys ever notice that and wonder what the hell Riley Beveridge is doing like with his he's, hair? He's walked into AFL headquarters but he should have been going to like Sundance. Like Mitch is looking very trim, very he, Damien Barrett. He looks Barrett. like the guy that should have been handing Jaden Short something yeah, after yeah, the yeah. game. <laughs> and Riley Beveridge has just walked out of Coastal Jam down yeah. at Lawn. So yeah, it's yeah, absolutely. Um, boys, this Jake. pretty much concludes our official 2020 podcast. Probably our loosest. Yes, episode. absolutely. So um, before we sign off, there's a bit of content that we will be doing over the summer. Um, we'll probably be doing some 
Um, I've got plans, mate. Sorry. <laughs> <coughs> You'll probably be doing, be doing some heavy some, lifting here, Jay. Yes, Once probably be doing, doing some well team reviews. Chip's probably going to be in with me on the team reviews, but we do have some video content coming. Yes, there is an AFL Unlimited table tennis tournament mm. that will be released at some point over the summer. <laughs> There'll be a couple of goal kicking videos, potentially Shorty running around in a Borat mankini as well. So, Life, oh, sorry, that I rubbed that out. Um, <laughs> but yes, for anyone who has listened to this podcast throughout the year, thank you very, very much for your support, your likes on Facebook, on Twitter, um, any comments people have made. It, it really is appreciated. Um, we have had roughly, on average, about 40 followers and listeners to each podcast episode. Yeah. So that's been, you know, really good. And for us personally, it's been a great experience on, on the pod. Um, I don't know what your guys' thoughts are on just the pod in, in general. It's been really good, almost pushing us to a flag. It's surprising. Yeah. Yeah. In one year, <laughs> magic. That it's happens. been fun so, thing to do, the yes. group of us, though. Yep. Yeah. 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 And, uh, obviously born out of the lockdown and all the COVID stuff that's been happening, but... It's been nice to do this last episode face-to-face, yes. too. I don't, don't think it's yeah. a coincidence, but... Yeah. I wish y'all would put some pants on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, mate. Been an enjoyable journey so far for 2020, and plenty more content in 2021. And it's yep. been, been good fun, fellas. Yeah, mm. absolutely. So, signing off officially for the last time, but um, goodbye for now, not forever. Um, thank you for anyone listening, and you'll hear us at some point in the future. Sayonara. Bye. <laughs> See Thanks you Thanks for listening to this episode. Make sure you follow us on the socials so you don't miss any content. AFL Unlimited, because footy is limitless.